are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. And welcome to this Tuesday edition of Locked on Wolves. The Timberwolves defeated the Detroit Pistons on Monday night by a final score of 120 to 114 in a game that they nearly led wire to wire. Today we're going to talk about that game and we'll have some quick hitter notes about the um, the result and what was notable, what stood out to me during the game. And then in our next segment, we'll talk a bit about the studs of the game for the Wolves. We'll finish by talking about um, I guess what we'll term the duds, although there weren't very many in what was a, a really a, a good showing for the Timberwolves on the second half of a back-to-back. We'll finish by talking about um, any notes on Ron Saunders' ever-evolving rotation, which of course has become that much more creative out of necessity in the absence of his two point guards. So as I just mentioned, the, the Timberwolves were again without both point guards um, with no Jeff Teague, no Shabazz Napier, um, illness and strain hamstring, respectively. Napier continues to sit on the bench in street clothes. Teague was actually at this game. He made the trip, the one-game road trip to Detroit, and was um, appeared to be dressed in warm-ups on the bench, which is a little bit interesting. So perhaps he's feeling better um, and just getting back into plane shape after missing now over a week, uh, about a week and a half with his illness, um, whatever that is. Um, Jordan Bell also did not play again. I didn't see him on the bench. Doesn't mean he wasn't out there. Um, he had the shoulder injury that he suffered. Um, also, all three of those guys have been missing since um, a week ago at Milwaukee. The Pistons, on the other hand, got uh, superstar Blake Griffin back after he had missed the first 10 games of the season due to a, a couple different injuries, including his knee again. Um, but he played in this one and overall played pretty well, especially early. And then things got a little bit sloppy late. We'll get to that here in a second. So the most notable thing for the Timberwolves is um, if you listened to the show yesterday and or watched the Timberwolves game on Sunday afternoon, you'll know that the Wolves were just unbelievably awful from beyond the arc on Sunday. They were six of 45 against Denver, 13.3%. They had an inordinate number of shots go about halfway down the cylinder and pop out. It seemed like Carl Anthony Towns and Jake Lemon were the two biggest victims of that um, on Sunday. And then on Monday in Detroit, the law of averages came back to help the Wolves in a very favorable way, especially early in the game. I think they, they made eight threes in the first quarter and I think they attempted 10 or 11. Um, so their percentage was insane early on. Um, and it evened out a little, but still they finished the game 15 of 34 from beyond the arc, 44.1%. Um, but eight of those threes in the first quarter helped them build a huge lead by the end of the first quarter. They were up 41 to 26. Um, but it wasn't just three pointers. The overall offensive flow was really good. Um, they were mostly high quality open shots. They weren't forcing deep threes like they seemed to be doing towards the end of the nuggets game when it was just kind of like, you could tell that the Wolves players were thinking eventually some of these are going to have to fall. Um, and so I think that that's, uh, that's what the, the attitude that took over against the Nuggets. On Monday against the Pistons, the offense was just solid overall. They didn't throw the ball into the post very often at all, which they haven't been doing this year. Um, I think um, Jim Peterson mentioned on the Timberwolves broadcast on Fox Sports North that the Wolves have been averaging about seven post-up attempts a year, which is which is lower than I would than I would want them to be with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I think it's good that they've 
maximize his opportunities on the perimeter, but probably need to work in the post a bit more. This was not the game to do it. However, going up against Andre Drummond um, and Towns has had well-documented struggles against him. I believe he was 0-8 against Drummond in his career, and Drummond's per-game numbers against Towns are actually better um, than Towns are against Drummond. And they were, for the most part, guarding each other in this game. They got each other into foul trouble early. Each player picked up at least one cheap foul that probably didn't need to be called. Um, and they each had three fouls about midway through the second quarter. Um, they each only had a couple baskets and, and really weren't that much of a factor early in the game. Towns had an early three-pointer. Um, he had another a couple of nice plays. Drummond had some big rebounds. Um, but for the most part, it was the Wolves perimeter players who did more damage during the first part of the game. And for the Nuggets, um, you know they were they shot the ball extremely well from beyond the arc as well and relied heavily on Blake Griffin's offense early in the game. The Wolves tried guarding him with Robert Covington and then with Travion Graham and some combination of small ball fours. Realized that that wasn't working midway through probably about the second quarter, maybe three quarters of the way through the quarter, and decided to play big, which if you've been listening to this podcast the last few episodes, it was something that I admonished the Wolves for not doing um, in a couple of their past matchups when they were playing against a team that had a dynamic four that that had more size. Um the Wolves weren't going big soon enough or long enough, um, and they were continuing to play with Covington or Jake Lehman at the four, and um, and not despite the fact that they have two legitimate backup centers who could both play the power forward to Noah Vonley and Gorgie Jang. However, in this game, the Wolves very smartly um, adjusted the rotation in the second quarter so that Gorgie Jang was primarily... Um, was playing most of the backup center minutes early, whereas Noah Vonley was actually playing alongside him and guarding Blake Griffin, slowed him down his length and his size and, and really strength. He's a Vonley is a fairly strong player um, at the four, was able to slow Blake Griffin down um, after he came in and had a really hot start to the game. So kudos to Ryan Saunders and the coaching staff for making that adjustment. And, and both Gorgie and... Vonley had the opportunity to play some minutes at the four alongside Towns as well, um, which we haven't seen a whole lot of this year. And thankfully, they were willing to make those adjustments and um, and slow him down. And that meant that at halftime, the Wolves still managed to have a 15-point lead on the Pistons. The third quarter was a little bit... Um, it started out well for the Wolves. It, it started to slowly kind of slide downhill. Um, the end of the quarter was extremely sloppy. Um, the foul trouble continued. Um, and uh, it was just a weird... A weird quarter that strangely enough we'll get more into this in our final segment today but Robert Covington didn't start the second half um, not exactly sure why and Derek Rose didn't start the second half for the Pistons who had been they'd each been in the starting lineup at the beginning of the game um, and the Wolves had essentially been using Josh Akogi as a Derek Rose stopper if you will and and again we'll get more into that he did a very good job guarding Rose despite not contributing much on offense himself um, and then as Drummond was in foul trouble in the second and third quarters, the Pistons had to guard Towns with Thon Maker, and Towns utterly dominated Thon Maker. Um, he had a huge drive and dunk at the end of the second quarter. Um, and then in the third quarter, when Drummond picked up his fourth foul, Towns was all over Maker as well and did most of his damage when Drummond was off the floor. The Wolves were able to pull away late in the game. Um, they were up nine in the final seconds, and uh, there was a Luke Kennard three-point attempt he was fouled on and he made all three free throws to pull the Pistons within six it really wasn't quite that close um the Timberwolves did need a late push to put them away it wasn't exactly a laugher but um a strong finish to the game for the Timberwolves nonetheless 
Next up, we're going to talk about the players who had the strongest performances for the Wolves on Monday against the Pistons. But first, I did want to mention um, some new friends at Audible. If you're not familiar with Audible, it's the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information entertainment and has an unmatched selection of audiobooks and other audio podcasts. Audio, including Audible Originals. Audible Originals are stories created ex- exclusively for audio, including documentaries, exclusive audiobooks, and scripted shows that you can't hear anywhere else. Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. You'll finish more stories when you listen with Audible and always be part of the conversation. With a convenient Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Mobile, Alexa-enabled, Bluetooth, and more. Listen at the gym while shopping, in the car, while traveling, anytime you can't read. You can listen with Audible. And Audible members get more than ever before. Every month, you can choose one audiobook regardless of price, as well as two Audible originals from a fresh selection. Members can stay motivated and inspired with unlimited access to exclusive guided fitness and meditation programs. Sign up for free updates from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the app. Audible members can easily exchange any title they don't love at any time. And members keep their library of listeners of listens forever, even if they cancel. Start a free, start a 30 day trial and choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA or text locked on NBA to 500 500. That's locked on NBA at audible.com or text locked on NBA to 500 500. One more time. Audible.com slash locked on NBA or text locked on NBA to 500-500. In this segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about the best players or the studs, if you will, for the Timberwolves in this game. We somehow didn't even mention Andrew Wiggins in the first segment, but he was the clear star of the game once again for the Wolves, which has become, you know, I think there's been as many, if not more games this year that we've talked about Wiggins as being the best player on the court instead of Towns. Um, and that was absolutely true in this one. I mean, Wiggins had 33 points, and overall for the game, he shot 12 of 20 from the floor, so shot you know over 50%, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc. He was 6 of 8 from the free throw line, which I think will take that from Wiggins um, if, he's, uh, if he manages to be a 75% free throw shooter consistently, which would be in line with his career average, um, at least up until the last couple of years. Um, he also had six rebounds and five assists. So we're clearly seeing this empty box score version of Andrew Wiggins that he had been for the first five years of his career. That's going away so far this year. Um, and I'm cautiously optimistic about it, but really it's the activity level. And he appears to to not only just be more engaged, but to have a genuine, genuine idea of what's going on on the floor. Um, both Wiggins and Towns ha- are averaging an identical 25 and a half points a game so far this year now. Wiggins is averaging the most points per game on the team with 35. His rebounds per game is up to 4.8 and assists per game up to 3.3. For some context, um, the 4.8 rebounds would tie his career high that he set last year. And remember, he didn't really start coming on in terms of his aggressiveness until Saunders took over as interim head coach. And, and, and that's not, I mean, you can draw a line there. I mean, if you go back and look at game logs and look at his averages before and after Saunders became head coach, the rebounding improved drastically. Um, his assists of 3.3 per game are easily would be a career high. Laster's 2.5 per game was a career high. Um, blocks per game 1.1 would outpace Laster's 0.7. Less turn, much lower turnover rate, despite the fact that 
Um, he still has the ball in his hands a ton. And in fact, more than we're even used to, his usage rate would be his highest in three years. So before Jimmy Butler joined the Timberwolves. And um, his turnover rate, as mentioned, would be easily the lowest in his career. Assist rate, by far the highest, 16.7% assist rate, because he's handling the ball and essentially performing as a de facto point guard most of the time, at least over the last four games. So a solid all-around game from Wiggins. Um, the long-range shooting, the rebounds and assists, um, just just fantastic. And if we're truly seeing, if this version of Andrew Wiggins is for real, and I know we've said this before, but it certainly feels different this time around, then the Wolves legitimately have a second star in their hands. Um, I don't know that he's an all-star, at least if he keeps playing exactly how he is right now, he's a borderline all-star this season. Um, but he absolutely is star level caliber. Um, you look at all the advanced metrics and, and all the you know, the rate-based statistics and everything he's doing different than what he's done in the past. And he's absolutely been the Timberwolves' second best player this year, no question. And recently has been taking over games late. Um, in this game, a number of his scoring opportunities were drives to the rim. He wasn't simply, even though he made three three-pointers and attempted five, that seems to be about the perfect ratio for Wiggins. He was getting to the rim. He was spinning into the paint. He was shooting floaters and you know getting all the way to the rim, getting finger rolls and layups and was converting in the paint, got fouled a few times. Um, it was just an almost a perfect Andrew Wiggins game in terms of what he was doing on offense. Um, and he continues to be solid defensively, and he's no longer the the guy on the wing necessarily with Covington, Okogi, Jarrett Culver. Wiggins doesn't need to be the guy, Tra- Trayvon Graham, that the Wolves are looking to to be a lockdown perimeter defender every night. Trayvon Graham, speaking of, also had a great performance. Um, he had 13 points on 6 of 11 shooting, made a three-pointer, and it was a timely three-pointer as the Pistons were making a second-half run. He also had a couple of other plays where it felt like the Pistons were making a push, and Graham just apparently took it upon himself. There was another one where he basically went one-on-three and hit a floater. Um, I think it was early in the fourth quarter, and it was kind of a, a open-floor situation where it was a, a no, 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 yes um, if you're if you're a coach or, or a fan, um, because it was a shot that Graham probably shouldn't have taken, but he made. And there were a couple of those that he really stemmed the tide with. Um, he also pulled down six rebounds and had three assists in 24 minutes, played outstanding defense once again, and has really kind of been a revelation in terms of his, his defense. Um, his offense, for the most part this year, has been pretty terrible, but the last couple of games, he stabilized things a little bit. Um, for the season, of course, he's shooting just 26, excuse me, 20.7% from beyond the arc. So pretty terrible. Um, but that's going to even out a little bit at some point that'll bounce, bounce back and, and come up a little. Um, but another good game for Travion Graham, all things considered. Um, the one other player that I would say was uh, outstanding on the court for the Wolves was Jake Lehman, who has struggled recently, but in this game had 16 points um, and he played uh, 27 minutes off the bench, um, so was actually had the least minutes of the guys that were in that wing rotation, even less than Jarrett Culver in this game. But in his 20, oops, sorry, that's wrong. He had 33 minutes. Um, so because of his strong play early, at the wrong box score pulled up. Because of his strong play early, he did actually outpace both Akogi and Culver in minutes. He had 16 points on six of nine shooting, four of five from beyond the arc. So the complete opposite of the 0 for six that he had on Sunday when he really struggled. 16 points, two rebounds, two steals, an assist and a block. Um, And again, the six of nine shooting for Lehman, which is just huge. Um, Did also want to mention that Towns had a good game. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, 
you know, it wasn't what we got used to in the first couple games of the season. He had 25 points on 10 of 17 shooting, so still a strong shooting night. Four of seven from beyond the arc after his three of 14 on Sunday. He did only attempt one free throw in the game, which was mostly a function of him staying on the perimeter. Um, he made a couple of mid-range shots in this one, which obviously he can still do um, when the opportunity is there. He only had eight rebounds, but he did have six assists, two blocks, and just one turnover in 30 minutes, which was held down a bit by the early foul trouble. Although he, the foul trouble wasn't really a factor for Towns in the second half as he um, was a lot more careful as the game wore on. All right, next up, we are going to talk through what I guess we could call duds from this game, um, although there weren't a whole lot. Again, as it was a, a solid Wolves win. I did want to quickly remind you about Audible in case you somehow forgot over the past 10 minutes that Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA. That's audible.com slash locked on NBA. The phrase duds is a little bit of a misnomer for this particular game. Nobody really had an awful performance for the Wolves. Um, I would say in terms of overall, well, overall impact, Josh Okogie actually had a solid night because he was he was pretty good on defense. He was tasked with guarding Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose had a miserable game. He shot 3 of 13 from the floor. He got his first start of the season in this one, but as mentioned, did not start the second half for the Pistons. Had 6 points on 3 of 13 shooting. Um, clanked a couple of threes that were mostly open. He had five assists and zero turnovers, um, but it wasn't a major factor for the Pistons. And um, Akogi, for the most part, locked him down when they were on the court together. On offense, however, Akogi was was pretty bad in this one. Um, he kind of started as the de facto point guard, although Wiggins was handling the ball mostly in the offense. Um, Akogi had two points, four rebounds, zero assists, and three turnovers in 25 minutes. He somehow was still a positive on the plus-minus ledger, but again, 0 for 4 from the floor, missed both of his three-point attempts, um, and wasn't quite as aggressive on offense as he had been the other day against Denver, um, or even going back to last Friday's game. Um, but overall, you know, not an awful game for Akogi because he was good on defense. The other one that I would mention would be Robert Covington, who had 10 points, after a really quiet game, he only had two baskets made on Sunday. Same thing on Monday, two of eight from the field, both three-pointers, two of seven from beyond the arc, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal and a block, but he did have four turnovers in his 23 minutes and did not start the second half. Um, and perhaps I missed the quote from Ryan Saunders, but didn't see if there was a reason why he didn't start the second half. Um, if it was a matchup thing, if he had something happened at the end of the first half where he needed some extra time to, to get right before he, um, before he, uh, he entered the game in the second half. Um, it was same thing with Rose. I mean, Rose didn't, didn't, uh, didn't start the second half either. And then Covington also exited the game. I think it was early in the fourth quarter, either late in the third or early in the fourth with, um, he contested a three point shot and, fouled the Pistons player and was poked in the eye at the same time. Initially, the offensive foul was called after review. They switched the call, which was correct. Uh, but Covington got poked in the eye nonetheless and was back in the locker room for at least 10 to 15 minutes real time, but did enter before the end of the game and played at the end. So thankfully, it looks as though he's going to be healthy moving forward, at least was able to return to the game. Um, but another pedestrian game from Covington, he was also solid on defense as a Kogi was. He was a plus five in this game. Covington was and continues to just be a really strong defensive player. Um, he's he's had a, a down year so far through 10 games, and clearly he's not all the way back from his, his knee injury. Um, so 
at least at this stage, and this is a whole another conversation, but I guess kind of spurred by uh, by the Covington having a down year through 10 games comment. Um, he clearly is not somebody that would be trade bait, at least not in December when teams start looking at trading guys like, for instance, a D'Angelo Russell who's able eligible to be traded on December 15th after signing as a free agent in the offseason. Um, Covington would be selling low at this point. Um, and the Wolves are playing well enough that it also wouldn't make sense to sell one of their one of their starters and better defenders. Um, so look for better days ahead for Covington. I'm sure it'll be something like midseason before he feels like he's at full strength. Um, so that'll be something to keep an eye on moving forward for sure. Um, overall, just a couple of notes here to, to finish off the uh, the podcast today. The Wolves um, currently, after last night's game, updated statistics, lead the league in steals, um, steals per game at 10.1 steals a game. They're third in blocks at 6.4 um, and are seventh in rebounding, which is a little bit surprising to me given um, some of their struggles on the glass and that they're playing small so often. A lot of that is their their ability to rebound the ball well on offense, which is partly due to Towns, of course, and partly due to, in my opinion, um, the number of long three-pointers that they shoot and also miss, um, which are conducive uh, in a lot of cases to more offensive rebounds. Um, They're still third in the league in three-point attempts per game, but just 28th in percentage at 30.8%. They are getting the free-throw line a fair amount, although they're still struggling a bit from the line. That's evened out a bit lately. Um, But all those things are good trends. I mean, their three-point shooting will should come up a little. They're not going to shoot 31% all year, although we have identified since early in the season that that is going to be a bit of an issue this this for this particular Wolves team. Um, and their free throw shooting will come up. They've got a bunch of guys who are solid career free throw shooters that will improve. Carl Anthony Towns being number one um, on that list. He's shooting just 70.8% and he's over 83 or 84% for his career. So that'll come up um, and they'll see some improvement when it comes to free throw shooting for sure. Um, also, they've played four games without Teague and without Napier, um, without starting a point guard and with a two-way um, rookie in Jordan McLaughlin, um, you know, playing the backup point. And the Wolves have gone two and two in those games. They've they've done a good job managing without their two point guards. Um, so it appears though Jeff Teague would have a chance to return on Wednesday. The Wolves will host the San Antonio Spurs at Target Center on Wednesday. Um, so... That's a perfect segue to talk about tomorrow's show. Uh, we will preview that game and talk about what, excuse me, what the what to expect from Wolf Spurs. Um, the Spurs actually lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, um, who are not doing a very good job of tanking, I guess. Um, who also beat the Timberwolves last week. The, Sp- the Spurs lost to the Grizzlies on Monday night, um, and will be in Minneapolis to take on the Wolves at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. So Wednesday's podcast will include a preview of that matchup um, as the primary focus. That's all we have for you today here at Locked On Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. We'll see you on Wednesday to talk about Wolves Spurs as the Wolves have another packed week of games. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.